There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, Stay connected. Um, now, listen, I want to talk about your, your racing CV because it is impressive. I Listen, I know you always talk yourself down and it's a lovely trait of yours. But the reality is, is that you were competing at a time with um, arguably two of the greatest drivers of all time um, in, uh, in Mika and Michael. And you still managed to come runner up in 2001 um, to... Michael Schumacher in that all-conquering Ferrari. Tell us what your experience was like um, racing with those guys, and who do you believe was the better driver? Obviously, you know, on paper, Michael Schumacher is was the best driver of the two. But um, I know that you certainly held Mika Hakkinen in very high regard as well. Well, I, of course, I never drove the same car as Michael, so I don't have the direct comparison or the benefit of an overlay to, to see how we approach the lap. But in simple terms, and of course, an opinion, never to be proven one way or the other, and I respect other people's view, of course, but my gut feeling is, looking at what Mika did in, in his various other um, roles in Formula One, I think he was the more naturally fast driver but I think that what Michael was exceptional at is he had great speed, no question, but he could deliver that speed relentlessly. Weekend in, weekend out, lap after lap, wet, dry. And I think he had a physical ability, which was beyond Mika's. You know, I think Mika trained hard and all the things, you know, that I know I did. But you, I just think Michael had a physicality about him that maybe came from... Um, you know, his racing in sports cars and his approach into Formula One, that they upped the ante for all the drivers that had previously been in Formula One. And I think he just therefore pushed the boundaries in, in every level. So it deserved the, the success he had because he worked hard for it. Um, relentless in his approach to dealing with the team and being at the factory and being in the debriefs and pushing people. So in that respect, the better all-rounder, of course, uh, would be Michael. But um, I think if the Michael and Mika were teammates, and they'd certainly come up through racing against each other, I think Mika might edge him in qualifying, and then maybe Michael would edge him in, in race victories. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, now, thinking about your time at Red Bull, um, I wonder whether you quite get the kudos that you deserve in, in terms of the input you put into setting up that team. Because obviously a lot of the success came after you left. Um, but you got a handful of podiums when you were there. Um, how involved did you feel 
the the inception of Red Bull and how proud are you of the fact that they've obviously gone on to do incredibly well um and and, and you were there right at the very start yeah I'd already decided and uh, you know buddy of yours Martin was my contractual manager Martin Brundle and Martin and I during the 2004 season had spoken to various teams we had spoken to Jaguar and I remember sitting in our in, in my my apartment in Monaco and doing very simple pros and cons and ultimately deciding I didn't want to race for Jaguar. I just didn't believe that there was something that was fundamentally going to change what they'd been doing in the past. So although I hadn't decided my time in Formula One was over, I decided that I wasn't going to drive for them. And then, of course, everything changed because Jaguar got sold to Red Bull. Uh, the management structure was changed very quickly. Christian was put in place. Uh, there was then another conversation that Martin had with Helmut Marko. Um, I spoke with Christian and it was agreed that I would go and effectively drive the Jaguar that had been repainted a Red Bull in Jerez at the end of that 2004 season. And I uh, was still under contract to McLaren, but they released me to go and do the, the test and plane overalls. And before getting in the car on the very first day, uh, there was a senior engineer at Jaguar who had been inherited over, who will remain nameless, who was shouting at me, get in the car, you've got to get in the car. And I'm looking, thinking, who's this guy? And uh, I didn't know who he was because I'd worked with him briefly, briefly at McLaren before, uh, briefly. And- uh, Everybody's busy trying to work out who you're talking about now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I, I always, the only track I ever went out first and wanted ownership of was Monte Carlo. Any test track, I never wanted to be first out because test tracks, the, you know, the dust and stones and all that stuff. It's always good to have someone else go and, you know, clear the debris before you go and shake your own car down. So I had my own strategy. So instead of being out at nine o'clock, I'd be out at five past nine. It didn't fundamentally change the, the overall, you know, what you achieved in the day. It was just always the way I'd operated. He had a different approach, which was, the, you know, the drivers get in the car at 10 to nine and as the lights changed, they were going out. and yeah. It obviously meant something really important to him. But he just didn't approach it in a very professional way so I did the installation lap which you know means just one lap to check the car got out of the car phoned Martin and said I'm not driving here tomorrow get me out of the test so even before I'd done one lap in anger I'd phoned Martin and said get me out of here so um and so I did one day and went well and and Mr. Madishitz came and I spent time with him so it wasn't about not wanting to to race for Red Bull. It's just, I didn't want to be two days surrounded by people that I just didn't respect. Um, because as you remember, I said earlier, being with people you don't like is not a problem, but if you being around people you don't respect is a major issue. So uh, spoke to Mr. Marischitz, uh, you know, asked the questions that I felt were, were right to judge his commitment and went away from that test. And, and, you know, although I knew there'd be some people that wouldn't be continuing within the team, um, which obviously I, I discussed with Christian, um, signed a contract and got on the journey with Christian and the rest of the team to, to re, you know, repackage what was fundamentally a good group of people. You know, a lot of the people are still there today. The fundamentals were great. And a lot of them actually uh, I had shared either uh, houses with when I was driving for Paul Stewart Racing back in the 90s. You know, Simon Adams is still there. Um, you know, David Boyce or Boise, 
uh, you've got Tony who, who uh, runs the running shortcut. There's a, a whole bunch of people that are still there, people I worked with years ago. So the core is good. And then we had to just restructure the ones that had inflated opinions of themselves. No room for that in Formula One. No, very true. So was that, was that enough to persuade you to be a part of this movement, this, this Red Bull? Because you know, clearly it was an exciting time, but you didn't know, nothing was guaranteed. But was it the people that were enough to get you over the line to want to race for them? It was the, the feeling that with Christian at the helm and with Mr. Madich's understanding and financial commitment, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in between races, going to Salzburg, sitting down, explaining to him where we were at, what we needed. You know, if there was large investment items, then we, we, we didn't have the budget sitting there to just go out and buy gearbox dinos or, or things like that. We had to go and, and tell to him why it was an important thing to have and why it would help the, the team in the future. And I think, you know, not all the conversations were were easy and not all the conversations we got what we wanted but more often than not if you really believe in something you know even adrian was not an easy sell in the beginning because adrian had certain expectations and uh, but mr marriages trusted and and the team grew and i ran out of of, of time and energy in my career uh, but i still have a great relationship with the team today because i didn't swim against the tide recognized that sebastian was a coming man and i i you know step to one side and the rest is, as, as we say, is history. So uh, delighted to see the way the team has grown, four, four times world champions, continually a thorn on the side of Mercedes and Ferrari, which as, uh, in our roles is fantastic for competitiveness of Formula One and, and gives us excitement when it comes to the broadcasting. And long may that continue because like Mercedes, like Ferrari, like so many of the other teams, there's, there's, there's quality people there. And, you, it's great when people, when quality and hard work is rewarded. It's an interesting um, journey to start on at that stage in your career, though. You know, when you, we, we came so close to the world title in 2001, uh, and then to years later to, to actually help grow a team that you really didn't know what you're getting into. And you talk about it being a, a hard sell, someone like Adrian Newey into to Mataschitz. Why do you think you needed that at that stage in your life and your career? I wasn't over Formula One. I wasn't ready to leave Formula One, not because of financial reasons, not because of need for speed. I just felt there was something more. There was more I could do. And therefore it was the perfect opportunity because I had experience, I had a voice, I had an opinion, and I wanted to share that and shape, shape the team. And, you know, Christian has, has made the team obviously incredibly successful, but when he started the journey, he was relatively inexperienced in Formula One. And, and we were able to bounce things off each other. And if I had a view or an opinion, I would share it with him. If I didn't, I would say, look, you know, I simply don't know. But, you know, I feel that I learned quite a lot about successful Formula One teams being with Williams and McLaren and what it takes. And, it's not about fantastic individuals. It's about a great team. So you, you would trade one genius who, who doesn't, can't fit in for a lot of great people who can work together because that's where your strength comes from. And, uh, you know, we talk about an Adrian or anyone, any of the headline names of being geniuses, but they'll be the first as well to say, 
that yes, they lead their team in the roles they have, but they rely on their team of people to feed them the results from wind tunnel and CFD and all the rest of it. No one person can do that alone. And you know, even though the driver's out on track alone, he's down to the skills of his mechanics at the pit stop, his team designing and building the car. It's just a wonderful example of what can be achieved when people come together. And you know, both of you and I know, and many of the people that are listening to this, money in itself doesn't get you success. And this is where if you give all the teams 100 million or whatever number you want to dream up under this cost cap, it's just an absolute dream to imagine they'll all be as competitive as each other because Formula 2 is a couple of million bucks a year and there's a difference between the top teams in Formula 2 and the, 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 the not top teams and they all have the same car. Mm. So there will still be the haves and have-nots. There will still be a gap. And, um, you know, and even if you kind of can make basically suppress everyone down to a certain expenditure will there'll be job losses clearly because you won't suddenly need a thousand people to build a grand prix car if you don't have the budget so there'll be upsides in some some aspects of the business but there'll be many people having to find jobs in other industries thanks so much for listening to in the pink i hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far please don't forget to rate review and subscribe check out our instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink and you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones and join the community we're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks so thank you for joining us stay with us stay healthy stay home stay connected with Bose Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.